Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's Word, fellowship, and prayer. Good morning, everyone. Hey, 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 let's get the stage set up. We're good to go. Thank you, guys. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I'm full. Like, I am spiritually full. That is like the pray. I feel like retreat's still going on. And if you weren't there, you're like, what are you talking about? Well, we'll talk about it today. So, welcome to Kaya. My name is Alvaro Briones. I'm part of the College and Young Adult Fellowship here. And today it's going to look a little different, right? Today we're going to be giving testimony of what people heard at All Church Retreat. If you guys weren't there, All Church Retreat was a blast. Um, the first night I got there, I don't know why, but Ethan and I thought it was like the Hampton Inn. So th- we thought they'd have towels, soaps, <laughs> the little bottles of shampoo and blanket, nothing. So I walk in at 11 at night and this dude's in the fetal position, <laughs> dying. So there's a lot of good things that happen at retreat, but that wasn't one of them. Um, what really did happen that was good, though, was the preaching of God's word. It was, man, the nights were led by Troy Stocksdale. We were in Nehemiah. The mornings we were uh, with Lee in um, uh, Luke 15. And then we learned principles um, and with Code Blaze of the Christian life. It was, it was so good, guys. Um, and that's what we're going to be doing this morning. I'm not Brandon. Um, I'm, not, I'm not 5'8", okay? I'm not... I'm just not him, okay? It's 5'10". 5'10 with, with basketball shoes on is what he said. So I'm just not him. But Brandon Briscoe is our pastor. So come back on any other Sunday. We'll be in the book of 1 Corinthians. But today, you know, God talks to us in three different manners. One of them is by the body of Christ, right? One of them is through ourselves, through each other, through the people of God. So this is really cool because today we get to hear from what people heard from God. And so just like this is not a Sunday to check out. This is a Sunday to get that pen out, your phone out, and be ready to take down the the verses, the things that people say. Because maybe God's using this today to speak into your life. Especially if you weren't there. You want to get everything that people have. So without further ado, let's get started. So where's Dimitri? Come on up, brother. Hello, my name is Demetri Riley. Um, I am uh, kind of nervous. I'm not really a public speaker, but uh, this was my first ACR. I was an ACR freshman, so um, I was very excited. I was really happy. Um, just anybody I could tell, I was really happy and overpacked, had uh, three bags, had a suitcase. So, you know, I'm, I severely overpacked and um, uh, just wanting to learn, grow, understand, um, just know where my worth is at. Um, um, there was some uh, some words that was told that, you know, it, it, it made me emotional. Um, as far as, like, just God's language, I, um, I know that I need to be better with that. Um, just as far as just, like, knowing the language, living the language, speaking it, and if I want to evangelize, if I want to minister, I need to be better with that, and I've, 
I need to uh, develop ways to be better at that. And, um, and also, uh, just ministry work, that was something that I was really struggling with. Um, I wanted to be plugged in in the ministry, and this tells you right here how, how good God is because um, security was something that I wanted to do because I am a protector. Um, I just love to, 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 to protect people, and nothing is better than protecting the church, the church that took me in um, when I was lost. Um, just did not know what, uh, just... I was at my worst when I came to Midtown. Um, I just did not know what my purpose in life was. And Midtown, you guys took me in. You guys loved me. You guys supported me. And and I felt like that would be the best way to give back than to protect the church, protect you guys, protect you, protect everybody. And um, so, uh, Braden and Chance, uh, I want to talk to you guys afterwards and see um, what I need to do to to start because I'm just eager to to do that um, man um, I my relationship with God has gotten stronger because ACR um, just just very thankful for what I've um, I've took from ACR I'm sorry God I'm just nervous I, uh, I am not I am not good at public speaking uh, thank you thank you uh, just I need to just like, I need to be better at fellowshipping too. I, I am a very shy, reserved person, and I did meet some new people from uh, from Midtown. I met some people from uh, Lee Summit, Harvest, and even a couple people from Tampa. Um, I, I didn't get some of the names. You no, know, I talked to somebody for about 20 minutes and didn't even get their name. Um, it happened a couple times. I'm like, I talked to this guy about a lot of stuff and didn't even get their names. Um, so there's things to work on. Um, yeah, just I'm just blessed. I'm just happy that um, that I'm part of a great church, and I'm just happy that I took a lot from it. And God is good. That's awesome. That was awesome, Dimitri. Thank you. You know, you made a really good point, bro, um, in talking about the language. So if you guys weren't there, one of the preachers were talking about how, like, we teach our kids everything, right? Like, kids know, kids can know, you guys know Patrick Mahomes, right? So, like, no matter what age you are, you know that name. But then it's, they, they know the genus, they know the type, they know all this biology, history, science, math. But what they don't know is the language of the Lord, right? And so it's not so much what you were saying, leveling up, knowing more, but it's, it's that fellowship with Christ that makes us so special. Um, so thank you for your testimony, bro. Uh, next, Barbara. Yeah. Hello, my name's Barbara. And um, those of you who don't know me, I've been attending Midtown since October of this year. And um, yeah, my discipler um, asked me to speak in a little bit and just give my experience of this past weekend at All Church Retreat. Um, so this is my first time attending ACR. And like, in fact, it's actually my first um, retreat I've been to with Midtown. And um, 
I went into it like not really knowing what to expect. I think I've heard a lot about how the Lord had um, had moved in the lives of those who attended in the past, and it was kind of just awesome just seeing how true that was during Midtown and that entire weekend. Um, I could see the Lord's hand pretty much over any like small and big thing that happened that weekend um, from my conversations with members of other Living Faith Fellowship churches to just those of you and Kaya who I hadn't previously talked to much before. Um, I think that the retreat was just an awesome way to just, just see how the Lord um, yeah, knits together hearts and fellowship in just a few days. And it was awesome just seeing... Um, how the Lord's hand was just over the entire worship sessions and over all the guest speakers who came and just seeing, yeah, that movement he had over the different morning and evening sessions every day. Um, One of the biggest lessons I learned over the retreat this weekend was just um, leaning into the church body and leaning into those disciplers and the leaders that have been placed into my life. Um, Yeah, just... um, yeah, leaning into those actions of showing up, sacrificing and serving the Lord and everything. Like when my heart's uneasy and I'm feeling fear, just um, reminding myself to give control to the Lord and give it all to Him. Um, yeah, just give that control um, and show up and sacrifice because um, just as the Father like multiplied the fishes and the loaves and just as, um, yeah, just as, you know that you can't do it alone, you can't satisfy and fill yourself, only the Father can do that. So it kind of just emphasized to me that um, the church leaders in the body were there to just be leaned onto and just um, support you um, as a member of the church. And um, yeah, just knowing to take action, to get to know the body of the church and get to get involved in the body of the church. Um, yeah, I think it's important just Um, because they're there to lead the flock and they're there um, to be there for you. So just knowing that it's my responsibility to just build on those relationships. And yeah, I was definitely just grateful having the opportunity to attend ACR and like using that, um, what I learned at ACR to just grow in faith and continue to serve the Lord. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. Thanks, Barbara. Um, you know, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of times in a communal setting, people get this idea of cliques or get this idea of, like, hierarchy, you know, anywhere you go in the world. But the church is so different to that because the church is a family. And it, it's something I've been meditating, too, on, like, when we make sacrifices like that to the Lord. Like, you know, you know I don't know what my weeks look like, but I'm going to go to this thing in Warrensburg, Missouri. Like, come on. Like... <laughs> People were saying Mules Country. Is that their mascot? Yes. I'm sorry if you go. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, you went there, didn't you? Uh, um, it's a great school. Um, <laughs> but Mules City, Mules Country, Mules Nation, um, is nothing compared to the body of Christ. And I think, I think Barbara, you really, you really share that because sometimes we think of leadership in any, any part of the world to be like, oh, here's a group, right? Here's who they are. And man, um, they're, so, they're so different than me. They're so, they're so away from my reality and my situations. But when you go to a retreat like this, you, you realize we are all united because of Jesus. We all have lives. We, we all have hearts. And God meets every single one of us where we're at. And then when you get in a place where you share that life and you share what God's been showing you and you can hear from somebody else, it, it makes it so real. 
there, there is no leaders in Christ's kingdom. There's, there's sons and daughters. Um, so just so thankful for that testimony. Uh, and now we're going to hear from Ty Teddy Bear. Come on up here. How's it going, everyone? Um, my name is Ty, and I've been in Kaya since September of last year. Um, Dylan Schaefer is awesome, and he's my discipler. Um, and so he asked me to share a testimony about what God showed me at All Church Retreat this year. And so, yeah, this was my first time at All Church Retreat and at any of the retreats that our Fellowship of Churches does. And while, like, I really had no idea of what to expect, um, just like Barb said, I had heard about so many cool things that the Lord does on these retreats um, and how he moves in hearts and minds of everyone that goes. Um, and so I'm sure like most of those that went, I went into the retreat um, expecting to hear the Lord say something to me about something specific that I had in mind. And so obviously the retreat was amazing. The fellowship was sweet. Um, the activities were awesome. Um, the, food was, the food was edible and the conversations... <laughs> The, the conversations were encouraging. Um, what I didn't realize, though, is that basically God was basically going to use every single sermon and especially the corporate worship there to build the case for, to bring me to the end of myself, um, which is what needed to happen. Because I went into ACR expecting to hear something from the Lord, which is in line with the Bible, and it's actually something good, but I did it, with all, I did it all with the wrong heart. Um, and so Thursday evening, Troy Stogsdale preached and outlined the keys to a meaningful life from Nehemiah 11. And so, man, like, I wish I had heard that sermon sooner. It was about three simple steps of showing up to sacrifice and serve God. And my entire approach to retreat was just way out of line. Um, my heart entering the retreat was basically that I was sacrificing my time to be there so that God could show up and serve me by showing me something. And so the themes of worship and approach were huge at ACR. And that last night on Friday, we sang Revelation 19.1. And that's when everyone basically just cried out in worship. And that's when the Lord used, that's what the Lord used to put into perspective who I truly am compared to how great he is and just how foolish I was to expect to go there to do anything other than just to serve him because of who he is. Um, and so at retreat, God showed uh, slash reminded me that the heart you take into everything is everything and that I can be seeking the right things and doing the right things but if the first thing isn't the first thing uh, then there's no real true purpose or, tr or true substance behind any of it and so I think the coolest part of this was that even though I showed up with the wrong heart God was still faithful to show me something and nudge me back on the right track even though I started off wrong in my entire approach and so, my God is good. And so, just thank you guys. Um, yeah. Wow. You killed it. We need a quote book from you, bro. The heart to everything is everything. I mean, that's good, guys. That's gold. Um, all right. I don't think I have much more to say to that. Thank you, bro, for sharing. Um, next, we have Brandy. Brandy. There she is. Hi, everyone. Um, like you said, my name is Brandi Wilson. Um, I've been going to Midtown since about November, and I thought in that time that I had met a lot of people. 
Um, but being up here now, I realize there's a lot of you that I don't know. So um, if you haven't met me, I would love to meet you. Um, but ACR has a really special place in my heart. Um, it was the first Midtown event I attended, and just the love that I was shown there and the welcoming that you guys gave, even though I wasn't part of the Living Faith, Living Faith Fellowship at the time, it was so cool. And I was so excited to come back. And um, But this year, I um, was in a really rough spot uh, coming into ACR. I was um, overwhelmed with just life um, when it came to my living situation, school, friendships, work, um, everything that we all struggle with. And I just didn't know how to deal with all of it. And I should have went to the Lord, but I didn't. And I turned to the world for answers. And the quickest way to do that was um, keeping my mind busy. And um, I did that with work and just overworked myself and picked up hours. and. Um, I ended up getting promoted because of my hard work, and that just brought up more expectations that I felt like I had to meet, and I just completely lost sight of who I was. Um, and I was so busy with trying to meet expectations and be who people wanted me to be. And people would come up to me, and they would be like, you're working so hard, and like, how do you do so much for this place? And um, I try to find fulfillment in that. and. Um, yeah, I, my pride just um, really took control, and I began to put myself before God. Um, and so I was just, I continued to dig this hole for myself that um, was deeper and deeper and further away from God. And it led me to asking questions like, why am I so miserable right now? Why does everything seem so hopeless? Why can't Jesus just come back already so I don't have to deal with this place anymore? But God really got a hold of my heart at ACR, and he made me realize that I didn't need Jesus to come back. I needed to go to Jesus, and I needed to go to the Word. And um, Pastor Lee's first sermon um, was about slipping, and I was slipping. Um, he used uh, Luke 15 about um, the parable of the sons, and he gave four points about how the son slipped away. He was blind to the goodness of his father. He wanted what he deserved. His requests were selfish. His pride told him things would get better. And I was the son. I was blind to God's goodness for me and all the things that he was doing because I was so focused on what I was going through and what the world was putting me through. I wanted what I thought I deserved and I wanted to be praised for all of my hard work. I kept telling myself that things would get better. And then um, Pastor Code preached after him, um, and he read from John 1, 38 and 39. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith to them, What seeketh thee? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? He said unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. I could stand up here and talk all day about ways that God showed me how to come back to him and just all the encouraging messages that I heard. Um, but obviously, we don't have time for that. Um, but it's really just as simple as going back to the word 
and reading what he has for you. So if you feel far from God, if you feel like you're hopeless, I mean, the word has the answers. And I know that's simple to say, but that's how simple it is. So thank you. Thank you, Brandy. That was, that was really vulnerable. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, let's, the people who come up here and share their heart, let's make sure we pray for them too, right? Because they're sharing things that are, man, that God's doing in their lives. So let's keep them in their prayer. Um, another thing you said, it's, it's so crazy how, um, how we get taken away from the simplicity that is in Christ, right? Like we, we're so quick to find a different route um, to, to fulfillment than the simplest one, which is the word. Um, so just, just thank you, Brandy, for that and, and for, the, for the call to repent. Um, all right, now we get to hear from Brother Jake Bush. Thank you. Like you said, uh, my name is Jake. Um, been here for about five years. I don't know why, every time I have to do this, there's two things that happen to me. I almost always cry, and my motor skills just like stop working. <laughs> like, my balance is gone right now. It's bad. It's terrible. Um, but, anyways, just to, to give context of like, just where I was at going into retreat. Um, dang it, we're gonna cry. Um, so, recently, Brandon you know, took a risk on me and let me lead a Bible study. Um, around the same time, um, same thing happened. I got trusted to, to lead first week hospitality. Don't know why. Don't know why anyone would trust me to do that. Not very organized guy. <laughs> um, but, you know, these things have been precious to me for years. You know, Bible study. I got saved in Bible study in 2018. I've been in hospitality, like, since six to maybe, like, eight months since I started coming to church. And they've just been precious to me. Um, but they've become things. How do you like not let your chin quiver? I always ask this. <laughs> but they, they've become things to me. That they've become things that become like have tos. Like I, I have to to lead Bible study. I have to prep for this. I have to do that. I have to you know show up on time to um, to, to hospitality when we're we're leading that week. Um, and uh, man, like. That's just where I was at going into it, and God just just wrecked me through Lee's preaching and Code's preaching, and I got a lot of encouragement out of Troy's preaching, but Lee and Code's preaching just destroyed me in this area. Um, from from when Lee was preaching through Luke 14 and 15, and he was talking about you know how the publicans and sinners drew near to him, but the Pharisees they they didn't draw near; they they were murmuring and complaining, and I was recognizing I I've had a, a heart of murmuring, complaining, and not being grateful for what God's given me. And it, it's happened in starting to view, you know, ministry as, as I have to. And God was just dealing with, just dealing with me in that. And um, he just kept wrecking me through Lee's messages. But it really came together when Code Gil gave this illustration. Um, and if you weren't there, he was talking about, the illustration was just that he was giving his wife orchids for like years and he was saying how he like he'd give it give her orchids for like every special occasion like 
her, their anniversary or her birthday or even like not special occasions. Like he's going to go fill up gas is what he said. He's going to get her orchids. And the whole while, his wife hates orchids. And it was, it was really funny, but then he made it applicable. And he was like, this is what we do to God in our worship. We keep trying to bring him orchids when he, when he doesn't want orchids. That's not what worship is. God, God's saying he wants this over here, but we keep trying to give him orchids. And since I've been in these roles of leadership, things as they become have-tos, um, I've been trying to bring that to God for worship. Just doing the activity. I'm like, God, I'm, you know, I'm prepared for Bible study. I'm prepped to you know, ask questions and facilitate. And, you know, like, I'm thinking back, like, since I've been here, I can't remember a time I've missed Bible study. And it's not, you know, it's, it's like, show up to Bible study, like, go to Bible study, it's awesome. But don't just show up, and that's something that's, that's happened to me. I've just been showing up, and God just wrecked me and showing me, like, God, here's, here's my worship, here's these orchids, don't you want this? And he's like, no, I want, you know, I want your heart. And I need to make another joke so I can stop crying. <laughs> Um, but man, God just showed me like, stop giving me orchids. Like, I I just want to have a relationship with you and, you know, keep doing these things, but do it with the right heart attitude. And Code Blaze's definition of, of worship was awesome saying, you know, um, it's an adoration towards God that follows an appropriate action. And I was doing the appropriate actions, but just without, without adoration, because, you know, I've let things become busyness when when they're not busyness these are precious things that we have to steward and yeah God just corrected me in that so yeah thanks Jake I sort of want to see you cry honestly you were so close Um, but man doesn't that sort of hit a lot of ministry application like, wherever you're at, uh, even if you just started coming to church, right, and you're, like, on Sunday, it's, like, a, a, fr- a freaking struggle to just get dressed to come here. Or, or um, you've been leading a Bible study for five years because there's people in here that have been doing that. And anywhere in between, God, God is so much more pleased with the heart, right? God is so much more pleased with, with, with your right heart towards him. And, and if there's... If there's anything that, I mean, Jake, that was such an encouragement to me, man, because without the right heart, what, what are we going to give God? Like, we're going to give him something stinky, you know? Like, orchids are going to be withered away. Um, but guys, um, these have been awesome testimonies, so praise the Lord. And next, we have Victoria. Hi, um, I'm Victoria. A lot of you guys know me as Tori. Um, I really struggled to figure out what to share with you guys because I feel like um, this retreat, like there's just a lot of reminding. Um, this is, I don't know what number of retreat this is. I've been to all of them since 2016. Um, and I've just been here for a while. And I feel like uh, daily over the past several years, God is always dealing with me um, in the area of forgiveness, in the area of dealing with sin, and just very um, um, 
very particular things that I just uh, didn't learn growing up. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up being a Christian or even a little kid singing the songs that those kids sung on stage that I see them sing every year since 2016. And so um, a lot of this stuff still feels foreign to me on a daily basis. And so it was overwhelming trying to figure out um, what would be uh, beneficial to share. Um, I am a Bible study leader and uh, I also serve in hospitality. Um, I lead a week, fourth week, and um, I think just focusing on uh, just the heart that God has given me as a leader is um, just the overwhelming burden to see more generations raised up. I think we can come to Kaya, and it's, it's almost overwhelming to even just stand up here and look at how many people are in here in comparison to when I first came, but there were generations that were built up um, through faith and prayer and showing grace and mercy to people, including myself. Um, any type of grace that you feel like you've seen distributed out of me, it's just from what I've learned from people in discipleship, from my pastors and the leaders in my life. Um, and so I think just something that God's been constantly bringing up in my time in the word is the word build. Um, I've went back to going through Proverbs because it's just been a while. And in chapter nine and 14, it starts off with talking about a builder. And um, it says that wisdom builds her house. And the verses that come following from verse one in Proverbs chapter nine, um, it just shows that building is not convenient. And I think we can all understand that if you're building something or even making something from scratch, like it is difficult and it's inconvenient and it's hard and you just kinda can build this thing and everyone oohs and ahs about it and then no one really knows who you are that built that thing. And um, I think um, something that I got from retreat this year was that, yeah, like I feel really tired. I think I drove down two of the nights and came back, went to work and I was tired. And people were like, you look tired. And I'm like, I am <laughs> always, I don't really sleep that much. Um, but it's worth it, and I think just hearing Troy's heart as a leader, as a pastor, as someone who is up there speaking the truths of God, God's word, but also living it, um, was really impactful for me to remember that it's worth it to continue, even if I don't get enough sleep, and even if I am inconvenienced, and even if I build these really strong, long-lasting relationships, and people leave, you know, which happens. And um, um, I think the most impactful verse for me was um, 1 Peter chapter 5, which is always that. Um, it says, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And then Romans 12, one says, I beseech you therefore, 
um, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And so, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of people who are maybe coming into leadership and um, if you want to see it with longevity and you want to see generations raised up, it's going to be hard work and it's going to take a long time. Um, but just keep praying and trusting God and show grace to the people around you. And so that's all I have. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Victoria. Tori. And you don't look tired. Y'all, you, y'all call out too much. You look tired. Every single one of you. Um, but, man, that's so sweet. Um, and I think, so, what's, a, what's a saying? You can miss the buildings for the trees, for the, the rocks, for the stones. You miss the sticks for the woods. What's that saying? You miss, you miss the forest with the trees. So, which... Okay, you know what I'm saying, right? Like, it's like... If, Oh, you don't? Okay, so like, what I'm saying is life gets busy in ministry and we miss the big picture, which is, guys, who, who's been extended grace here once in their life? Man, isn't that sweet? I remember one of the earliest memories in Kaya is me praying after Jorge and repeating every word. <laughs> and just being so like, being so like scared, right? Being so scared that I wouldn't, that I'd be judged, I wouldn't fit in. And immediately, Joshua Horace says, I love you. That memory's in my mind forever. Be- because discipleship's worth it. Because grace was bestowed upon me. Now it's so, it's so sweet, right, to bestow it to other people. Um, so thank you. That was really encouraging to hear. And now, and a little least, Cheney Perkins. Where you at, brother? <laughs> Um, yeah, so like he said, my name is Cheney Perkins. Um, also, he asked me to be up here like five minutes ago. Um, so I may be a little ill-prepared, um, but I'll just trust the Lord with this. Um, my testimony, there's a lot of things that I was able to take from this retreat. Um, a lot of amazing fellowship, uh, time we got to spend together. Um, but I guess what, what I'll share with you is kind of how my quiet time at this retreat, uh, kind of built on the things that we were learning in these messages. Um, I think that, that I'm pretty foolish sometimes. Uh, I think I lack discernment. So I pray for discernment and wisdom pretty often. Uh, on the last night of the retreat, we heard Troy talking about making decisions. He said that our decisions will affect our family, our faith, and our future. I wondered how I should make those decisions. He was telling us that we should make wise decisions because there are severe consequences uh, if we fail to do so, but sometimes it's hard to know how to make those decisions. In my quiet time, the Lord led me to 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 7. And in the chapter before, we see that David had caused Uriah to be killed so that he could take Bathsheba to be his wife. God sent Nathan to David, and Nathan tells him the story. He says that there's a rich man and there's a poor man. The rich man has many flocks and herds, but the poor man only has one lamb. It says the poor man loved this one lamb like it was his own daughter. A traveler came to the rich man, but instead of taking one of his many sheep, one of his own sheep, he takes the one lamb from the poor man 
to dress it for this traveler. David is so angry, and he tells Nathan that the rich man needs to be killed, and the lamb needs to be restored four times over, fourfold. Now this is where I was able to to learn something so valuable to my decision making, because the next verse says this. It says, And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. He said, You're the man in this story. You're the rich man. You're the one that took from Uriah the one thing that he loved for yourself, and you had all this other stuff. Um, He was able to recognize his own sin from this, and what I learned was that in decision making, it's easy for me to point out the flaws or the unrighteousness in somebody else's situation, but I can be blind to the fact that I am the man. I'm the man with the problem. It taught me that I need to have a sober mind to make decisions. I should look at my situation from a different viewpoint. How, how would I handle this situation if I was not the one involved? I also learned the importance of having others around me that I can, that I can trust to be honest and open with me that will point, me, point out my blind spots. I recognize that I can't see everything, and I need to trust brothers and sisters around me to point out where I lack and may be blind. If you're going to make decisions that will affect your family, your faith, and your future, like Troy was talking about, well, then they need to be decisions that are made with eyes that are able to see clearly. I loved everything about this retreat. The sermons, the the conversations, getting to talk with some of you was amazing, the relationships that I got to create and build. But nothing was sweeter than hearing from the Lord in my own personal quiet time. And I hope that this was in some way encouraging for you in terms of how your quiet time can build on what you're hearing in these sermons. Uh, That's all I have, I guess. Thank you. See, we didn't give him time to prepare so he wouldn't preach a sermon. I mean, that was so good. I mean, seriously, thank you, Cheney. That was amazing. And, you know, something Cheney didn't say, but Cheney exhibits, and just, we're just happy. It's me and you right now, Cheney. It's, it's humility, bro. Um, what, what you just said, under, is, the underpinning of that is humility. Because, I mean, who, who likes to be wrong? Who, who, you know, like every man is right in his own eyes. Like, he... When a man thinks they're right, it's like, I'm doing that thing. But to slow down enough and say, oh, is there, is there something I'm not seeing? A- am I doing the thing I, I'm telling somebody not to do? That takes a lot of humility. That takes a lot of contemplation and thinking of Christ and being like, wow, maybe I'm not all I think I am, right? Um, so thank you guys for sharing. Thank you to everyone who went. Um, for the time remaining... Um, we're just going to close out and, and, and we've been talking sort of about it we've been you know we've mentioned little things here there's been little amens uh, you know there's been a lot of good things said right but the center of this whole thing is the gospel and I, I think that the verse that really touched me and this was really one of the main points in Lee's message was how much God loves sinners repenting, right? It goes from one out of a hundred sheep to one out of ten coins to one out of two sons. Um, Luke 15, 7 says, And I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. 
Isn't that amazing? Like, I, I hear her singing from the back, and it's like it, the voices are booming, the, loop, the room's loud, and then I consider how big Kansas City is and how small we are, right? Now flip that in heaven. Angels rejoicing, like creature, creatures of majesty rejoicing that one sinner said, I'm done with my life. I'm done. And I, I want to talk to those who might not have gone to the retreat or maybe have gone but don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Like if I were to ask you today, hey, are you sure you're going to heaven? Are you sure Jesus is your Lord and Savior? And you're like, you, you can't pull, fully put your weight on that. I want to talk to you this morning because how that applies, how, how it applies that God loves sinners repenting is in the command of Acts 17.30. In the times of, the, of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commendeth all men everywhere to repent. Man, that, that, that story about the sinner repenting and they're being rejoicing in heaven, that's not so, that's, yes, that is one guy in history, but what Christ is trying to tell us is that can be you today, right? He, he commands it. At, at one point, he, he saw your life. He's seen it all. He saw from the moment you were born all the way to today, and he's seen every, everything you've done. And what he hopes for is that there be repentance in your life. He commands all men everywhere to repent. That is the command for you today in your chair. And what does that mean? Because, you know, a lot of times you hear a message, and, and that message can sound like, okay, I need to do something. Okay, I've been wrong. Okay, there, there's these things that have been happening, and I'm just under this weight, right? But that message is actually a message of freedom for us today. That's what the gospel is, guys. It's a message of freedom. Because this is, this is what happens when a sinner, right, does not repent. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, in our flesh, in our, in our natural state, in just how you are, we think sin is freedom while sin is really bondage. Sin is really bondage. That's what the Bible is saying. For the wages of sin is death. That bondage, those chains are going to take you to a place where there is eternal death for you. And no one, no one might have shared that with you before today, but we're eternal. This life is just, it's temporal, it's short. Like, it's, it's quick. And then after that, we're all going to be eternally around, but either in heaven or in hell. And, and that's why this message is a message of freedom and hope, because the gospel is a message that gets you out of those bondage, that gets you out of that ch- those chains. And, and, and it's, so, it, it's only powerful when this one thing happens. It's powerful when you accept it as truth and love. And you see this in Romans 5, 6, because, you know, you might be sitting in your chair and you're like, dude, you just called me a sinner. <laughs> you, you, know, like, you don't even know what I'm having for lunch today. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it, it, might, it, might, it might feel like, you know, this, this is not for me. That's good. That's for my Christian friends. They've done this thing called repentance and accepting Jesus as the Lord and Savior. But I want to I share the key to the gospel for you. I want to share why it's so, it's so personal to you today. Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8, But God commandeth his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
did you guys catch that? It's that when we were weak, when humanity was, had no hope, go, out, go, go, go anywhere in this world, there's no hope. In that time, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for people who didn't deserve it. He lived a perfect life that, that a just God would be satisfied, that his wrath wouldn't be poured out on you, but on his son, his perfect son, Jesus Christ. And that's amazing because the key to the gospel is your personal acceptance of his love. Do you guys see that? It's not that he's condemning you, it's that he loves you, he's passionate about you. He'd rather you not spend eternity in hell, but be made righteous with God, be made the righteousness of God in him. Man, it's so loving that he did that. Not when we were right, not when you came to church this morning, right? Not when you, not when you did that one good thing, not, not when you said some, something at church once. It's, it's, it's when you believed in your heart, guys, um, that he can save you from your sins. So I just want you to consider that. I want, I want you to consider that definition of love because love gets thrown around a lot, right? Like, I did not love the food at this retreat. It was the worst food I've ever tasted. I, like, maybe that's how you got so jacked. But, like, UCM food, I, I honestly ordered the vegan option so I can get chicken. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. But... I just want us to consider, you know, love gets thrown around a lot, right? Love, 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 love. But I want you personally to consider your own definition of love versus God's definition of love. Um, so whatever you think, maybe it's experientially, you know, you've loved. Maybe it's, it's something in your mind, a thought of what love is, right? Um, consider, get, consider that against the word of God and what love, it says love is. And for that... It's 1 John 3.16. And it says this. It says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So here's the love of God, right? That he laid down his life for us. And based on that love, we can actually love. And that is the Bible's definition of love. And maybe you're hearing this for the first time. Maybe you've never considered that as a definition of love. But that's, what the, that's the love that has been imparted to you. And I, I want to make it clear because this is the record. First John 5, 11 and 12 say, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. The thing that I just said about his love towards you, that definition of love, it's in Jesus Christ. Guys, it's, it's amazing what he's done for us. It's not anything you can do. It's not even your own faith. It's not even in, in, in how much you can believe, but it's, it's what was done on the cross 2,000 years ago. That was love. And that can be accepted by you today. That can be accepted amidst your circumstances and, and amidst your struggles, even in your own mind and heart. But this is a reality, and this is what I want to leave you with. It's verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. There it is. And, I, and, I, and as we leave today, we heard some really great testimonies, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you guys. And 
it's amazing, but I want for the people who might not know that truth to ask themselves in their heart that question, do I have the son? And you, you know the answer before, before you even you know, answer it. You know the answer in your heart if you have the son, if you really have the son, because he that hath the son hath life. But he that doesn't, if, if there's that voice in your heart that says, I don't, I might not have that son. I might not have Jesus Christ in my heart. Then, then that means today that you have the opportunity to get saved. You can actually have life and not be in death. And so I say that um, because if I can get the worship leader up here, um, we're going to close out. And, and we've heard a lot of good things. Amen? Amen. Um, so I want to encourage you guys, um, if there's anybody here that needs to make a decision, if you've heard things and you're like, man, I should have gone to retreat. I should have paid the 100, what, like 160 something bucks. Um, I sh- you know, oh well, it's all good, right? It's all good because you're here today and you heard all the testimonies from your friends and your peers. So I encourage that this time would be a time of rejoicing, a time of praying over the things that God has shown you, uh, a time for confession. If there's anyone that needs counseling, we'll have counselors up here ready to give you the word of God, ready to meet you where you're at with, with the Bible. Um, and then also, for the people that I just spent like 15 minutes talking to, um, if you have any questions about that, man, I, I, I ask you to, and urge you to come up here and talk to any of the counselors or, or the person that brought you. Because the, the message that I just shared will be the most important message in your life. Um, so with that, guys, thank you. And Go ahead, brother. We hope that today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in his word. For more information about Kaya, for service times and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.live.